Welcome to Herbalandia. My name is Andrew Corey. I'm your host. And uh, today on our show, we have uh, our guest is Marcus DeShane. Marcus, welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, what is it that you you do? What's your focus? All right. So um, my name is Marcus DeShane, and I am the founder and CEO of Green Goods Express. So what we do, we're basically food sourcers, food distributors, and um, and we feed the community in different various ways. You know, we um, we have a model where we're um, sourcing from different organic farms, and um, we build relationships with our um, our urban farmers and uh, some commercial farmers out in Homestead. And from there, we um, connect our connections that we have with uh, restaurateurs and also um, other homes in uh, in the community that would want home deliveries. And so, um, when you look at uh, the, the food ecosystem that we have here in Miami, specifically, um, what are some of the, the challenges you see uh, from neighborhood to neighborhood? Um, really, really is having the best way of, um, of distributing the food. And, um, also, um, what I realized with a lot of the different farmers, it's, it's either they're too big or they're too small. It's hard for them to, um, like large farms, it's hard for them to, to serve an individual community. They, they, they just don't have the capacity. They don't, they're not built to, um, serve the individual they serve by the masses and even with um what has happened with uh, COVID-19 we saw some incredible flaws that we do have in our food in, in our just in our food system the packing houses were filled to the top food couldn't go to New York and couldn't um, leave the state so that forced farmers to kind of be in a predicament where they said hey if we can go directly to um, whether it's the grocery store or to the consumer, they would have been. It, it would have been a a great a great having the ability to do that um, allows you to ship things quickly. So, um, so, so yeah, dist- they're, they're so distribu- distribution is 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 a is a huge um, hurdle to to overcome. And, and what and what exactly are you doing about that right now? And is there any sort of effort uh, be, being that we now have? So a case study uh, brought on by COVID uh, and that disruption. Who, who who's working on what, and um, you know, are you involved in any of any of those efforts? Well, um, on our end, um, what what has been my primary focus this last year is just building relationships with the farmers, building relationships with um, with the individuals who are growing the best food um, that's best for our bodies, that's best for the environment. That um, that that's really been uh, my role in creating those relationships because you know all of these different farmers they 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 all farm uh, they farm different ways they um, they farmed a similar a similar way for a very long time so um, so when you're really looking at um, our role is is really diving deep into those convert into uh, those relationships but with us. Um, you know, before COVID-19, we were really, um, 
we were really distributing to restaurants. We were in 27 restaurants and, um, and being that a lot of the vendors that we were working with that were producing, um, particularly in the plant-based uh, protein space, um, a, a lot of them have struggled. And um, in, in Miami, you know, there could be a business that's thriving one day and then could just disappear overnight. And between combinations of that and where the, what happened with COVID, we went from distributing from 20, 27 restaurants to maybe about three in, wow. in the span of just a couple of months. So, wow. um, so, so just seeing that shift and then being able to pivot, which is when we started a grow next door, which is our, um, our home delivery model. Um, that's when we, that's when we really realized that, like, you know, you have to be diversified enough to where if something like this happens, you know, you could lose a hotel, you can lose a majority of your business, um, in an instance. So, um, I feel like our role is really being, uh, the connector. We, we want to connect the best food suppliers to different communities, to different businesses, and, um, figuring out the most efficient way to do so. And, no. uh, now, um, when it comes to farmers, um, how many farms do we have more or less here within uh, our, our area in the, the Dade County or just Miami in general? In general, I would say that are producing you around, if I had to do an estimation, I would say probably about 25 to 35 farms um, that are, well, yeah, yeah I, I would that's close to um, what I've seen, to my knowledge. Um, no, no, no. Down in the urban core, you know, in, within the city, um, efforts for urban farming. Some people are doing sort of like a, the hydroponic um, approach. Uh, there are yeah. other small urban farms that are popping up to try to be uh, community gardens and edible gardens, and also uh, get people involved, educated about what they put in their body, you know, about nutrition, etc. Um, during COVID, it, it, like you mentioned about the disruption in the distribution, it becomes apparent that we need more more of these sort of like uh, neighborhood uh, urban farms. Um, what, what do you see that that going? Um, I I see that as the the future. Actually, um, it's funny that you mentioned um, hydroponics. That's actually how we got into the farming space. That was our first. That was our first touch because before we were really dealing with um, with uh, manufactured products. But then when we got into the whole um, agriculture space, we started at the Urban Farming Institute over in um, over in Oakland Park, uh, Florida. Um, so they're a whole institute where they sell hydroponic kits. You can take hydroponic courses. We took the course. We um, we opened a um, we did a 32 tower sponsorship where we could uh, grow things hydroponically, learn how to do it, you know, without the soil. And they're using like cocoa core and perlite. And it was, it's, it's, it's an amazing place. So um, that's where we got most of our knowledge on, um, on just, just plant quality, plant life quality. And then, um, and then from there we got into, um, there's also a farmer's outreach program at SIU that um that also allows you to learn about um, more 
more farming, more so in, in homestead, conventional, um, organic farming, that's more so in the ground. That's not hydroponic. Yeah. So, so between those, those different um, programs, and you were saying that, you know, there's a lot of community gardens, like the, the Green Haven Project and um, all, all of these different resources, it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful, I see it, I see it blossoming. I see the seeds are planted and more and more people are catching on, but there has to be, there has to be a way where um, things can be more in, in this, um, more, more centralized to where we're all working together and, and farming and cultivating different items. And then, and then, you know, sh- sharing, sharing with the community. Now, um, are there incentives uh, from the government for, helping to build these gardens and uh, do urban farming, uh, community gardens. Uh, Have you seen any uh, movement with regards to policy or just any uh, tax breaks, incentives uh, given to farmers or producers? Um, I mean, there there definitely are grants. There's definitely assistance um, to help help that initiative. But, you know, it's, it's having the resources to um, find a grant writer and, um, and, and, and finding the time to apply for these certain things. Um, but um, to my knowledge, that I, I know that there, there is assistance out there. It's just having the resources to really be able to um, after them. pull that in. Yeah. So with regards to the plant-based proteins that you're producing, what area do you focus on as far as how it's delivered? You know, what, what are you using uh, as far as your ingredients? And um, is that something that you find to be sustainable, uh, the type of uh, ingredients that you're using? And how are people re- receiving this sort of plant-based um, uh, you know, food uh, with regards to how they would traditionally consume, you know, say, for instance, uh, you know, replacing chicken to taste like chicken, but healthier? Um, h- how is that coming along? Very, very great question, Andrew. So... Um... After during this whole COVID experience and and seeing um, the instability of of um, relying on um, relying on other other sources of of manufacturing, we um, we actually opened our commercial kitchen and we started producing our um, our own proteins, but working with other companies that we believe in. So. Um, one one item that we are currently uh, manufacturing is for a, a great friend and um, and business partner. Her name is uh, Taylor Cohen, and she is producing um, Adasha. And what that is that is a um, it's a lentil protein. So we're using or, organic uh, organic lentils with uh, water and turmeric and spices, and that is a perfect alternative. For let's say I guess tofu, but it is gluten free, it's soy free, it's vegan, and um, and the consistency and the bite it's not as mushy as tofu, but it's a little bit more firm, and um, it's so applicable. You can put it in the oven, you can roast it, you can season it, you can pan sear it, and um, and primarily that is one of the that's that's a type of that's a particular item that was created for um, people that have um, like uh, irritable bowel syndrome. Anybody mm-hmm. that has any type of uh, gluten inconsistencies that could have um, stomach issues, chronic stomach pain, 
And um, and currently that product is being distributed to uh, Baptist Health Hospitals. It's in Pura Vida. It's getting um, it's getting shipped to um, uh, meal meal delivery companies in Silicon Valley and in California. Mm-hmm. So so just just learning everything that I've learned with working with her and um, and being able to uplift uplift her by any by any means possible. It's it's just been a beautiful experience, and that's um, that that particular protein that is more so on the on the real big health side. It's so good for you. It's um, and like I said, the the allergen levels are so low. It's 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 pure. It's less than three ingredients. So yeah. So um, so so now when when you talk about you know having healthy um, options uh, traditionally in in most so underserved uh, neighborhoods, you know, what people reach for is what's the cheapest. It's nothing about what what's healthy for them. It could right. be whether it's fast food, uh, different fast food joints or the bodega down the street or some, some guy putting up, uh, you know, a little pop-up on the street side, selling barbecue, whatever. Um, right. You know, how do we change sort of the, the, the mindset of people? Um, first of all, getting them, get them, giving them access to affordable um, options and then also, you know, healthy options for uh, how they consume and, and, you know, make it a lot more nutritious for, for what they put in their bodies. Um, How, how can we, you know, change that mindset from what they're used to and, and and now, you know, make the shift happen into a more healthier uh, eating lifestyle. So um, with my experience, um, I've worked with a few plant-based delis in, the, in, in my time, plant-based grocery stores, and I've been able to really, um, I, I've been able to learn so much from the vegan community in general. And one, um, one partnership that I've made was with um, this company called House of Chicken, and he's based out of, um, he's based out of Orlando. So what he does, he makes a plant-based um, he makes a plant-based vegan chicken, but it's so applicable, Andrew. You wouldn't, you you wouldn't, you wouldn't know that this was. This is the first thing I've ever had where you can put a piece of plant-based chicken on the grill and it crisps. It becomes crispy. You can um, you sauce it. You can stew it, fry it, bake it. You name it. It's 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 the one. So if I were to get a hot dog cart or a grill and go into um, into an overtown community and mm. and and just start grilling this and saucing it and, and handing it out to the community, I know the response would be astronomical. Mm. Um, it's it's and and it's the reason why I gravitate towards it is because this is something that's plant based, but it's also soy free. And um, being able to avoid, you know, the the soy is one of the most genetically modified um, uh, just product ingredients um, in in America. So it's that like um, being able to make it pure and it's mostly chickpea based. And um, and to also touch on that. The thing that I'm learning is that, okay, so I'm building these farming networks. I'm building these business relationships with these other companies. But when I'm able to synergize them over 
I can go to a farmer and say, hey, I, you grow chickpeas, I need a massive amount of chickpeas. Then I go to the commercial kitchen and I process those chickpeas into a plant-based um, into a plant-based chicken, and then I can serve the community. And then at that point, when you when you're establishing demand, you're able to bring your cost down. A lot of times, when you're small, like like we are, um, we don't have purchasing power. I I can't order pallets of 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 chickpeas that aren't grown. You know, so it's it's mm-hmm. that it's it's a balance of having the distribution, having the manufacturing having the purchasing power and kind of bringing it in all together, building the farming relationships where you can add value to the farmer that then brings you the ingredients and, and then that can help your cost to then get to that community that needs the food the most. Um, now, now what, what is your take on, on farmers markets? Um, are they effective? Is that just for a certain elite group? Um, because you know you you can buy something at a farmers market that sometimes costs twice as much as uh, you know buying it at a grocery store. Uh, some of the times that that effect is is driven by the fact that you know these farmers, local farmers, have to pay for their place to to be at the farmers market, right? So they have to pay for their tent and they have to transport the stuff and maybe hire an assistant or two to 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 help run uh, you know the show as 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 they do the you know. The, they're 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 engaged in community and selling, but they have to factor that into the pricing. So, mm-hmm. what is what is your take on a, a farmers market effective for farmers? Really? Um. Well, well, it's that's 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 interesting because I've I've started at least two or three businesses at farmers markets. So I'm I I love farmers markets, but there's there's different farmers markets that benefit different vendors. If you're looking for, if you're looking to do something specific, um, most farmers markets that I've I've launched, um, you know, small companies and and bridgeovers has been like uh, like a farmers market like Yellow Green. They bring in a multitude of people that are also plant based, but there's also um, it, it's not just for the affluent. So you can find things that are a little bit more affordable. It's not just like one produce booth that's like shooting like astronomical price prices there's multiple there's multiple pro- produce booths where there's different farmers that are selling things for different prices so in in one in one um, market that's a little bit more versatile like that there's other markets um that are further south that could be that like yeah if you're buying a produce there it's super organic and this by the time i get a, a half a box worth of stuff it's 150 dollars um so it's it's really it's really depends on your area and and uh, do you have the capacity to travel to these different markets but um overall i think farmers markets do help exposure to our local business community which is and, and you and you can use it as a test case uh, as well you can you know try as yeah. you see you've started a couple businesses with that uh, as far as like a incubator might not be a bad yeah. idea for for exposure Right. And, and like, you know, even when you look at, even look, when you look at some of the most successful entrepreneurs, like, like Danny Meyer, um, the CEO of Shake Shack, he started out as a pop-up. It was a pop-up in, uh, in a park in New York and it turned into this multi-billion dollar organization. So it's like, and, and he had no idea what he was onto. He was just in there selling hot dogs and all of a sudden Shake Shack was born. 
um, due to due, due to a case study. So it's 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 definitely farmers markets are a great platform for you to figure out. Okay, what do I have here? Okay, this is good, but I need to tweak it. Okay, it's it's I I find them good. It's just different markets are for different consumers. You just have to. Yeah, I just feel bad for the for somebody who's like, okay, I'm gonna try a farmers market. They go to a particular market, and they're like, way too expensive. All farmers markets suck. It's not the, it's yeah, not yeah. the case. You just have, it's 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 doing the re, it's doing the work, doing the research. Oh, there's actually seven farmers markets. Some are just on Saturdays. These are during the weekend. These are, this one's during the week. Oh, this night market is the cheapest one. It, it depends how bad you want it. Now, you know, with with regards to education, and um, you know, people wanted to break into farming uh in this time whether it's at home as a hobby or they're looking to get into it as a business uh what are some of the, the steps you 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 feel uh are necessary to get started um doing all the research you can um i highly recommend um i highly recommend uh, you, uh youtube videos i learned so much like I went to the Urban Farming Institute and took a course, but then I went above and beyond and I looked up guys like Zach Bush. Zach Bush is a great resource on online where he tells you exactly where farmers are going. And if you want to start a business, look up Curtis Stone. Curtis Stone is another guy who he, he, he's building an empire just by farming out people's backyards. And then mm. uh, he has a great concept where he's like, yeah, I'll come. You have land. I'll come. I'll farm it out. And then you can feed your family, and then I, I'll sell the rest of your produce to these companies. So it's like it's different. It's different things like that where you can get really creative, and um, and there's there's a lot of different YouTubers out there that that can show you how to start different businesses, and or even even if you have an extra room in your house, you can grow microgreens right right from your right from your home, and just start with that, or even mushrooms. There's, there's, the possibilities are endless. It's, it's again how how bad do you want it? And what are you and, and doing the research, really doing the work. There's so much information out there. And um, when you were looking at something in in a in a contagion world or or you know pandemic, we never know what 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 COVID or what stuff if this can happen again. So just being able to um, understand that you can grow your own food, you can you can get you can grow microgreens, and that's like super nutritious it's like four to five six seven times the amount of, of nutrients that a that a regular head of broccoli would have that you can grow out on your windowsill so yeah and so, uh, sh- shorter growth cycles and uh packs the punch yeah. of uh twice the nutrition yeah microgreens um you can grow seven days yeah and it'll go now, yeah, just as we wrap up our conversation, uh, Marcus, what do you see for the future of cities uh, when it comes to um, building food ecosystems that actually will allow for people to be self-reliant, uh, as you mentioned in your previous comment? Uh, what is the way forward? Do you have a blueprint for that? Are you thinking about that sort of uh, thing? I, um, I I definitely have a blueprint in my head on... Um, on what on the work that needs to be done it's um it's more so aligning and vertically integrating everybody when it comes to people who are growing at home people who are growing on a commercial level the small farmers the the big farmers 
um, and even even other countries that like when we when we go outside, I know the point is to speak local and urban, but even when we go when we look outside of just Florida, I mean we could really leverage our our position in the Caribbean where there's places like Jamaica that have soil that's astronomically better than any soil we have here in Florida, and they can mm-hmm. grow year round. So it's like building, like taking it a step further and understanding that like it's going to take a, a merged effort to bring all these different components together from the consumer, from wholesale, retail, freighting, all of it. A lot of collaboration. That's the key word. Yeah, a ton of it. Yeah. Well, um, certainly, you know, we, we'll have these conversations, I'm sure, again. And uh, as we're building a, a, our, ourselves a network here uh, with Herbalandia, um, just to kind of bridge, you know, having everyone in the same sort of uh, room, forum, uh, so that all the farmers, producers, uh, you know, whether you're commercial or uh, you're a home uh, uh, producer, um, whether you're in policymaking, uh, we just want everyone to be in the same space so that these ideas can flow and then, you know, connections can happen in a way that uh, transactions also happen uh, so that we can have a more efficient, uh, reliable uh, and, and resilient, uh, you know, uh, food food ecosystem here, not just in Miami, but also we could see what models around the world uh, works and how we can implement. And also, as you say, just kind of like have this sort of cross-border, um, you know, knowledge share and also, uh, you know, network. So I'm very thankful for, for your time this, uh, today and um, hope to uh, have you a part of this network as well? Of course, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me, and I am a part of this mission. And it is uh, consider me with you for the future. I'm, I'm I'm ready to go. Great. Thank you so much, Marcus, and um, stay safe out there. We'll do. You too. All right. Thank you. Please do share, comment, uh, whether it's from Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and all of the other streaming platforms. You know where to find us. Uh, also send us your comments and your requests via our social networks on uh, Instagram, Twitter. We look forward to the next show. Thank you for listening.